today um, because uh, I was with teenagers last week, and while that's fun, I was still with them. You know, you get my drift. Uh, we had a uh, we had a good time, um, and I'm really glad to be back. I, you know, it's funny as I, I talk about going on those trips with those kids, and I have, I do have I do have a sense of dread, um, just because I'm not as um, young as I used to be, and actually none of you are. It's just how time works, and uh, I get tired, and they're up at midnight thirty, which I didn't even I forgot was a time. I forgot that time existed, but 12.30, they're up, and they're, they're still crazy, and I want to go to sleep, and I, I, do, I do dread those times, and there's, there's a part of me, whenever they contacted me and said, hey, we want you to come up here and perform, uh, you can bring a group. There's part of me that said, oh, I'll come perform, and then I'm going home. But then I had to think, all right, well, you should say yes. That's what I did. I said, you should say yes. Because I've been wanting to say yes more and no more. If you get my drift. I've been wanting to say no to the things that I typically say yes to. And I, I have the power to. I can say no to that. I should say no. But then there's times like recently my brother-in-law asked me to go to his jujitsu practice with him. I was like, just to watch? No, to like get in there and do it. No. <laughs> like, my instinct was no, and then I got to thinking, when are, when are you ever going to get to do this ever again? Ever. So I went, and he had a gi for me, which is like this bathrobe that's super uncomfortable that you wrestle other men with. It's just what happened. And he, was, he said, you should get out there, and he's a brown belt. Uh, uh, mine was just clear. And <laughs> so we, we got out there and um, he said, just roll with God. That's what you call it in jiu-jitsu. You roll. You get on the ground. Jiu-jitsu is basically um, for, for people who can't stand up and fight. It's rolling on the ground. And so I was rolling around on the ground and I, uh, and the, the guy, this, this guy who's, 80 pounds heavier than me, was on me, and I was just laying there, and I didn't know what to do. So I said out loud, what do I do now? (laughs) He said, well, just try try not to die. That's not helping. Just pin me. And so I finally got a guy that was actually showing me, he said, actually, in this situation, put your hands on my hips. I said, no. Not doing that. He said, no, really, try it. And I said, okay, you make this move and the show. But when else, when, now I have that experience. What would I have done otherwise? Nothing. I would have just stayed at home and done nothing. And now I have an experience. I did something. Like, what was ruling me was my fear of, well, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to fit in. And I didn't. Actually, those guys were really good guys. And they, they just, that was the sport they loved. My, my second fear was, I'm not going to be good at it. And I wasn't. My third fear is that I'm going to be sore tomorrow. 
and I was. Every single fear I had came true, but in the end, they didn't ruin it. See, a lot of times we make decisions based on our fears. And if you just walked through them, you'd be fine. It would, it would be okay. A lot of people are afraid to speak in public. What's the worst that could happen? You mess up? What happens if you mess up? Do people kill you? No, you just messed up. No big deal. I'm going to mess up in a few minutes, I promise. So what, what you're hoping for is, a, is, is, is to make decisions that aren't based on your fears. And yeah, we've got, we're afraid of stuff. Stuff happens and we are, um, we're, we're going to um, be nervous about entering into those situations because those situations contain things that I'm not comfortable with. It's going to be hard to meet new people. I would argue that if, if, if there's some sort of sense of fear of the uncomfortable that's keeping you from joining a life group, that's keeping you from um, having close connection with people around you, that fear is hurting you. And listen, new relationships are uncomfortable. That's why they've developed that stigma. But they're worth the uncomfortable side of it so that you can enjoy the benefits. Our, the, the, we're getting our counselor back, which is, I'm just so excited about. Um, going to a counselor may be super scary to you. I don't want to share my feelings. You know what, what that means? It typically means that you don't want to look at your feelings. You don't want to face them. And facing them is going to be scary. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And maybe you're afraid of that, but it's worth it. Listen, our fears, especially as Christians, our fears should not inform our decisions. Our fears should not be the, the thing that makes us Move one way or the other. Our fears should not dictate our life. Here's what David says about his God. Is this on? Now it is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I walk. Even though. Listen. If you are David. If you are David. A valley is the worst thing you can do. If you're a shepherd. If you're a sheep. A valley is the worst thing that can happen. Because if, if you're a king and you're fighting an army, or if you're a sheep and you're trying to stay away from predators, and if you're at the bottom of two hills, you're in a prime spot to get picked off. Anytime someone can just drop a rock and kill you, it's not of benefit to you, especially when people are trying to kill you. 
Now listen, I don't, I don't know what your situation is, what your valley is, what the thing you are wrestling with is, those dark moments that keep you from, from living fully and living and trusting God, those dark moments that terrify you. I don't know what those moments are for you, but I know we've all had similar moments. And I don't want to downplay your, your, your valleys just because other people's valleys are worse than yours. In the U- U.S., our valleys aren't that deep. But we still deal with death. We still deal with poverty at times. And if you're struggling to get by week to week in your finances, it doesn't help for some preacher to stand up here and say, well, you know the people in Africa are much poorer than you. You should feel blessed. Well, I don't have any money. I'm sorry. We shouldn't feel, we shouldn't compare ourselves and say, well, just because, just because those people have it worse doesn't mean that my valleys aren't hurting. Your valleys hurt you because you're the one in them. You're the one suffering. You're the one hurting. And if you're hurting, acknowledge it. Be aware of it. You're in your valley. And that's got to be hard. I remember after I uh, had gone to a, um, I'd gone to a uh, new church because the other church had told me to go to a new church. Well, that's a first. <laughs> Someone told him it was potluck, right? He was getting in line early. Oh, man. Yes. That's the best thing that's going to happen today. Um, so, uh, where in the world was I? What was the last sentence I said? Yeah, okay. So I went to this new church after the old church had told me to leave. Thank you. He was listening. He's on the front. He has to. The... Uh, the old church said leave, so I went to this new church, and um, we were, I was, uh, I was asked to leave on Tuesday, and then on, I think the next Friday, we found out we were pregnant with Clara, and it was kind of this moment where it was just a lot of pain, we just bought a house, it was just, it was an awful time in our life. It felt relieved, like, you know, like your crazy girlfriend had broken up with you. It was a sense of relief, but we still did, had to sell our house. We had to move. Um, we had to worry about insurance, and it was just, it was just a it was a mess. And I went to a conference with a with a um, someone I respect quite a deal had put on this conference to for preachers, and I I went I I met this writer that I loved, and he just said, "Well, how's things going with you?" And I told him, I said, "You know, listen." There was this and this, and I, I lost my job, and I had to move, and all of that. And I, I just, I'm glad to be here, and what your words, your words really meant something to me. And he said, you've been on a rough ride, haven't you? Now, I don't, I'm not one to cry, but I, like in front of this guy, I just started, 
Like someone acknowledged my pain. Someone acknowledged my valley. And sometimes that's just what we need, is we need someone to say, your valley's hard. And it, no, of course it may not be the hardest valley to be in, but, and you understand that, but you're still in it. You're still fighting it, and it's scary. Here, the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This isn't just of when we die, although this verse is used in funerals, and, it, and, and that's a great place for it. But the valley is not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's when we are walking and we realize death is upon us. And even some things, as you have learned, lived and learned, some things are even worse than death. Some things are harder to deal with than death. And so those valleys, the valleys you are in, the valleys that you walk through, that you suffer through, that, yeah. I'm sure they're not the worst, but they're yours. And don't downplay them. Because you're going to need something to get through them. Look what he says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. The things you bring to protect me, God. Your presence comforts me. Even though I am walking through the worst moments, through the hardest times, through the most difficult paths. God, your presence is with me. There are preachers that are much more famous and have done... I have more books written than I do. I don't know if you're counting mine. Zero. I've, I've tried to write a couple, and I'm just bad at it. Um, so, there's this... Uh, there's preachers that will tell you... I, I remember the Sandy Hooks shooting. You remember that when the elementary... These elementary kids... Uh, it, was, it was just a, 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 a catastrophe. An awful thing. And a preacher came out and said, well... We don't know why God wills what He wills, but He wills it. We don't under, always understand God's will, but this is His will. That is nonsense. Because the valley of the shadow of death is not God's valley. The valley of the shadow of death that, lets, that, that threatens our lives is not what God wants for us. What God's will was, was a garden and man and a tree of life. That's God's will. Chaos and cancer and death and disease have nothing of, of God's will on them. When I get cancer, when I get diagnosed with diabetes, when my parents pass away, when my children pass away, God is not standing over us saying, well, this is something that you should learn to deal with because it's just part of my plan. God weeps too. God's heart is with us. Not against us. 
Even though we walk through those valleys, it's not that God, well, God designed the plan and He drew out the map and we're making the right turns and therefore, if we just stay aligned to God's will. You know what God's will is? That Jesus died on a cross so that we won't be afraid. So that death can lose its power. So that, so that when I get cancer or when I get diagnosed with diabetes or when I got a heart defect or whatever, whatever I go through, if I die, I won't stay dead. I'm death proof. I, can't, I cannot be brought down in the valley of the shadow of death because all it has to offer has been conquered. And the one who conquered it is present with me. It is God's presence in my life that lets me have no fear. It's not because I'm good or because I'm, I'm not afraid of things. I am afraid, but just keep walking. You may get to the entrance of the valley of the shadow of death and say, I can't do this, but if God's with me, I will. Because faith is not. Faith is not believing that God can part the waters. Faith is walking through them once he does. Faith is not believing that God can do fantastic things. It's that whenever he's with me, I can overcome anything. Yes, even death. Number one command in the Bible. Number one command in the Bible. Do not be afraid. Joshua Moses had led everybody through the wilderness and died right before they went into the promised land. God took him up on the mountain, showed him the promised land, and died there. Now Joshua's turn is to go in and fight these battles. God comes to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Not because you're strong, not because you trained hard, not because you're the best swordsman. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Not because, oh well, you're, you're, you've got it all right and you got it all together. But because God is present We are powerful. Because Jesus is alive, we can fly. We've been called to soar on wings of eagles, but we walk around like a bunch of chickens because we're afraid. We're scared to do the things that God has called us to do, but if He calls you to do something, He's going to be with you the whole time. You do not have to be afraid. Things can be daunting. Things can be overwhelming at times. They can be, you, can be, you can be scared. That's understandable. Don't quit walking. I won't fear any evil because my God is bigger than any evil that tries to overcome me. 
This is what Jesus said when he walked out of the tomb. Actually, whenever the, the women showed up in Matthew 28, the women showed up and they, they look for Jesus and an angel shows up and says, hey, don't be afraid. He's alive. Should that be our motto? What you got going? Don't be afraid. Jesus is alive. What's the worst this world can do? What's the end game that this world has against us? In the end, it's going to kill us. And we're death proof. That stuff just rolls right off us. You roll a stone over my grave, Jesus will roll it away. Bury me six feet deep and I'll come right back up. Resurrection is my victory. It's the victory Jesus fought for me. And when Jesus showed up, finally showed up, his final command to them was, don't be afraid. Because if you want to be successful, church, if you want to be a successful church, can't be a church that's afraid to make mistakes. It's afraid to, to have a ministry go wrong or, well, I've all, turns out I was wrong about this scripture. Yeah, well, you learned. Good job. Can't be afraid to be wrong. Can't be afraid to get it wrong. People who are afraid to drive make the worst drivers. Can we all understand that? When someone's just timid and scared. They think, well, I'll go 45 because that's safer. No, you're making it harder for the rest of us. This road was made for something else. Don't claim to be a Christian go 15 miles under your Christian speed limit. Don't be scared. Because if, we re- if what we believe, if what we profess is actually true, we've got nothing to be afraid of. They might think ill of me. Jesus thought enough of me to die on a cross. Who cares what they think? Now, I'm not, I'm not going that route. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks. That, you should care what other people have to think, but you also shouldn't let what other people think about you determine your value and your worth. You are valuable because God says you are valuable. You are powerful because God says you are powerful. You are victorious because God fought the battle for you. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared. We've got something going for us that we couldn't do on our own. So this week, you may want to live a Christian life. That means you're going to have to take some steps that are uncomfortable for you. Whether those steps are steps down here or they're steps that happen out in the world. And I would argue that the best steps Christians take are not in church building. If you want to get that life started here, then we're, we're all uh, more than willing to talk with you, to um, pray for you, to baptize you if, you, if that's what you need. But the life of a Christian, 
whether it's at work or at home or with your kids or with your parents. The life of a Christian starts with us not being afraid. Starts with us not fearing any situation. You will make it through. You will be okay. You may die, but you'll be okay. We are not afraid. Because what God brought to protect us can comfort us. What God brought to to keep us safe keeps us safe. And when God rolls away a tomb, it stays rolled, or, or stone, it stays rolled away. I was a horrible basketball player in high school. My parents were here, they'd almost stand up and object and they would say, that, no, no, you were good, you were good. And you could tell by their tone, I was not good. Because it's a tone they're used to. Um, Now, I say all that, I had all the skills. Um, I can dribble, I could shoot okay, I knew the game. But once the whistle blew, I was scared to death to make a mistake. And so I made tons of them. I once, uh, this is in practice, I once caught the ball at the top of the key and went up to shoot it and saw a guy cutting. And I thought, oh, I should pass it. No, don't pass it, you're going to shoot it. No, don't shoot it, you'll miss it. Pass it to him. No, you won't make the pass. Guess what I did? No. Close to it. Right before, right before I hit the ground, I thought, just get it out. That wasn't good either. It hit the bottom corner of the backboard. The big backboard. So I was, I simultaneously made a horrible shot and a horrible pass. With I, I literally killed two birds with one stone. Two birds that, two endangered birds. When you operate and act out of fear, I got to college and realized, it doesn't matter whether I miss a shot or not, I'm going to take it. And I got, I got pretty good in college. Not, not good, pretty good. And all that was stopping me was I was afraid to shoot. I was afraid to pass. I was afraid to do anything because I might mess up. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to you're going to quote the wrong Bible verse. Heaven help you. You're going to be okay because the rod and the staff of God rolls away stones and empties tombs. And I think that should bring us all the confidence and all the comfort and all the joy in the world. You'll be okay. Because you're in a relationship, you're present with the one who makes it all okay. If you're not, then I would argue today's the day. We're not just offering get out of hell free cards here. We're not. We're offering a fearless life. We're offering a faithful life. We're offering freedom from death. 
we're offering overcoming sin, not just the sin that you have committed, but the sin that you're going to commit. We're offering Jesus leading you and loving you and taking care of you. We're offering something fantastic. And if you don't come forward because you want to get to lunch early, well, then I just don't understand. If you don't live out a Christian life because you're afraid, then you don't know Jesus that well. Today's the day to start knowing Jesus. Today's the day to overcome your fears. Today's the day to be comforted by the rod and the staff of the most powerful, most victorious being to ever live. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.